0: Good morning everybody. How are you doing? Come on, where's all the God-loving, life-loving people? Yeah. Good to see you in the house of the Lord today. And uh, just pray that God will touch our hearts and our heads. He will bring transformation and change. I'd like you to be in prayer please for our um, beloved friends on the other side of the planet. Uh, in New Zealand, Christ Church New Zealand, of course, on our thoughts and minds and um, the Islamic families that were touched by this evil and tragedy. We are against evil. We are against darkness. And we are for the light of God's love to shine brightly in the world. So uh, keep us in your prayers. Keep all of the the Bible says, "Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good." So let's keep concentrating our prayers and thoughts and um, pray for me, please, while I'm uh, sharing today. the The pollen has got into my chest, and you may hear a little bit. And I'm I'm, I'm preaching by faith, and uh, your prayers will be uh, part of that uh, work that we do today. We're continuing our Series of messages from those seven churches that are found in the last book of the Bible, the Revelation. We're in Revelation chapter 3. If you want to open your Bible uh, to Revelation chapter 3, and we're going to uh, talk today about resurrecting a dead church. <laughs> Come on, have, have you ever been to a dead church? You ever sat through a dead service? What's the difference between a dead church and a church that is alive, a dead service and a church that ha- has life? Uh, it's, it's, it's the awareness and the, the manifestation of the presence of the life giver. It's when the presence of the Lord is known and acknowledged and our hearts are open It's not just singing about Jesus, it's experiencing Jesus. And uh, even in this service, there's been a real emphasis on the Lord Jesus. He is the life giver. He's the one who writes these letters uh, to these churches. And we're in the fifth church, the church of Sardis, which you could call the church of the living dead. Because they were like a zombie church. They were showing up. They had an appearance of life listen to what he says to them. Revelation chapter 3 and uh, verse 1 begins this way. We'll pick up in your study guide in just a few sentences. Write this letter to the angel of the church of Sardis. This is the message from the one who has the sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. He's just emphasizing I'm Jesus and I'm in the church and I'm with the church. I know all the things you do he said that to the church over and over and over again. I know all the things you do, and it's no exception here. He knows all the things we do. And I want to point this out just before I read it. Uh, other churches he gives commendation. He says, I, I love some of the things you're doing. Last week we talked about the church at Thyatira. He said, there's five things that I really love that you're doing as a church, but you do have that Jezebel issue that you need to take care of, otherwise it will derail all the good you're doing. In this church there's not even a comment, he just goes straight to what the problem is. Because the problem was very serious. He says you have a a reputation for being alive but you are dead. How many would agree that's a serious problem? You are dead dead. You have an appearance, you show up, you turn the lights on, you turn the sound system on, you sing some songs, you talk about some scriptures, but there's no life there. You have a former reputation. Uh, Scientists tell us that when we look up into the sky, some of the stars we look at aren't really there. We can see them, but they died years ago. But because light travels from such a far distance and even though it travels very quickly 186,000 miles per second quickly it still takes years to get to us. So stars we can see may have died years ago but we can still see their light and all we are seeing is the light of their former glory. And a dead church will be more invested in its history than in its mission for today. It has something that went on, something of life years ago, but now all they have is the good old days, what used to happen, and what stories from yesterday. There's no real life change today. There's no real presence of Jesus showing up today. There's no manifestation of God's kingdom amongst them. They're just talking about the good old days. They haven't connected to the mission for today. And he says, you are dead. But anytime Jesus finds anything or anyone uh, that is dead, how many know he doesn't like to leave them that way? So he says, I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't, Jesus, I'll just say it like this. There's a few of them out there that I know, no more than a few. But, but Jesus doesn't like dead churches. And it's not, it's not with the volume of the songs you sing or the the lights or anything else. It's the presence and the manifestation of Jesus. That's the difference between life and death. You can, you can, you can worship with a hymnal and experience the presence of Jesus. You can worship with the music like we've had this morning and you can experience the presence of Jesus. The question is: are you just sitting through the experience having the uh, the form of a religious service, but no power, no presence of Christ And so he calls on all of us and say we all should we all should check our vital signs today because the first thing he says to anyone that has slipped into that, I used to have an experience it was years ago there used to be something of life I used to I used to love coming to church. I used to hear from God all the time. He was always transforming. He was always changing me to, oh, do we have to go again? Or you're here because someone wanted you to come, and that's why you showed up for some other reason than our Lord and Savior Jesus, who is in the house. He says to anyone that has lapsed into that place in any church, that's lapsed into that condition, I don't want you to stay that way. Number one, I want you to wake up. Wake up. Wake up, church. Wake up, brother. Wake up, sister. Just nudge your neighbor. Make sure they're still with us. Go ahead. They're still there. Wake up. I know it's early in the message, and it's not time change weekend, thank God. I lost some of you last weekend because of that, I know. You need to get the, you need to get the message. Uh, download it. It was, a, it was a message about Jezebel, and you need to learn about her. to wake up is to shift your consciousness. How many of you uh, woke up today? Check the rest of you guys. If your neighbor didn't put their hand up, just like, are, are you with us yet? When you're asleep, you're totally into your inner world. Everything is inside you. You're not even really aware. You, have you ever woke up and didn't know where you were? I used to travel as an evangelist in an itinerary ministry, so I was in a different place all the time. And pretty much if you travel a lot, and some of you do, all hotel rooms start to look the same. And there were mornings I would wake up and go, "Where am I?" I'd have to get out my calendar. didn't even have an electronic calendar in those days. It was a day timer. I wrote it down. Oh, here's where I am. But to know where you are, you've got to wake up. If you've been sitting through the the series of messages, even on the seven churches, and there's been no life change, no transformation, what's, what's the last thing that Jesus asked you to change. Because this is a discipleship, becoming more like Christ. That's what I want. Isn't that what you want? And nobody here has arrived yet. Not that I've met. And myself included, with all of you. There's a lot that still needs to change in me to become like Jesus. What's the last thing Jesus asked you to change, and did you do it? Because if you're able to scoot under that, just keep showing up, just keep singing the songs, just keep listening, and not experience the transforming power of the resurrected Christ, then you may be asleep. And you may need to hear this. uh, This message may be for you an alarm clock. How many of you wake up with an alarm clock? How many of you wake up without one? Some of you don't wake up. <laughs> let's just, it's just when I'm speaking, and help me out because I'm, I'm not totally well today. You're praying, right? You're under your breath. You're praying. Let's just pretend I'm talking to you. And you can talk back to me. So let's, let's try that again. Can we do that again, guys? Okay. How many of you wake up with an alarm clock? How many of you wake up without one? Somebody's very happy they wake up with an alarm clock. Well, this message to this church was an alarm clock. It was to say, you need to check, you need to, from, from the way you're looking, at. you're living in a dream world, which is inside yourself, and you need to wake up to a greater reality. You need to wake up. To the kingdom of God. You need to wake up to the presence of God because when you're totally involved in yourself, you cannot connect with Jesus. That's the dream world is inside of you. And watch this. Your dreams will only stay inside of you until you wake up. You'll dream and dream and dream and dream and dream, but those dreams never become a reality until you wake up exactly so he says i need you to have a change in the way you view your own you need to you need to see the desperate shape you're in it's why he says it right off the top he doesn't wait like uh, doesn't give them any good thing he just says you guys are dead can you can you imagine can you imagine being in church when this letter was read oh, okay we got a letter jesus has written us a letter praise god Dear friends in Sardis, you have a great reputation. Oh, it's so nice. But you're dead. But I don't want you to stay dead. I want you to awake. And when you wake up, it's very important that you get moving. Because if you don't get moving, what happens? come on you know what happens you you wait yes you know what happens if you don't get going if you don't get up and go you can oh just 5 more minutes right right just 5 more minutes so he says okay i want you to wake up but that's not enough i want you to get out of that dream state that's not enough i want you i want you to tune into my reality <laughs> my reality not your reality see the difference your reality is internal. You can, you can make up all kinds of things internal. I want you not to be, be deceived by your inner reality. I want you to get reality from a bigger picture. I want you to get my reality. And when you do that, the second thing he asks them to do is strengthen what you have. Strengthen what you have. Verse 2 of Revelation 3 says, strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is almost dead. You need to get up, and you need to get going. You need to get up, I'm going to say it like this, you need to get up and start working out. Some of you know what that's about. Some of you need to know what that's about. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Pray for me. I'm not feeling well, so you got to keep praying. (laughs) Strengthen what remains. Now, first of all, it's just interesting that he says strengthen what remains. I thought they were dead. I just want you to get this. Even things that die in God's economy have hope. Even in God, the whole faith that we gather together around is around the one who gave his life, who died on a cross, who went into a tomb, and three days later rose from the dead. And that hope gives to all, there's not one hopeless person in this room. I don't care how many times you haven't come to church, I don't care what you did when you weren't in church, today is a day for you to wake up and strengthen what remains. No, no hopeless, no hopeless brothers or sisters. And don't you give up a, that person you're praying for, that person you're interceding for, that son, that daughter, that husband, that father, that mother, whoever it is related to you that you love, that loved one. Don't give up. You may look at them and say, they're, they're gone. They're not gone. You just need to wake up. And then it doesn't take a lot. Strengthen what remains. Can you pray a little? Strengthen that. Can you read God's word a little? Strengthen that. Can you come to church a little? Strengthen that. Because the more you strengthen what little remains, the stronger you will become. I may, have, I may have told you this before, but when I was young, I was a track star. Maybe once or twice. <laughs> I, I was fast. And I, I, I was a runner. I, I, I seemed to run all my life. When I was a kid, I, everywhere I ran, I ran. I was Forrest Gump before Forrest Gump existed. I don't know where that thought came from. That just came in my head. I'm sorry. I ran, I ran as a kid. I ran as a teenager. I ran in my 20s. I enjoy, I, enjoy, but in, I enjoy running, but in my 30s, I backslid. And then I got into my 40s and said, man, I better start taking care of myself. So I was headed out to strengthen what remained. Got my sneakers on, got my running gear on, and I went out and ran about four houses It was sad. If you'd have seen me that day, I would have gone up on your prayer list. I ran about four houses, and I thought I was going to die. I was embarrassed. I I didn't know the bad shape I was in. But I wasn't giving up what little remained, four houses. I I was going to work on those four houses. I was going to strengthen what remained. So I ran four houses, then I would walk like ten houses. And then I would run like four houses more. And then I walked walk like twelve houses. Then the next day I got up and I ran five houses. And walked four houses. And ran another five houses. Next day, six houses. Seven houses. Half a block to the glory of God. Till I strengthen what, here's what, you, you need to str- pray, you pray, you, how, pray your, your prayer life is a little, wake up. Wake up and strengthen that time you spend with Jesus personally. Spend a little time in God's word, wake up, and spend a little more time in God's word. Coming to God's house with God's family, the body of Christ, strengthen that. Just push it a little bit. I, I run 5K a day pretty much every day, except I haven't been well this last week, so I didn't run a lot this last week. I've got to make a personal confession about that. I don't know why I said that. I never said that in the other services. I never confessed to them. Can you tell them he didn't run much this week when you see them? I just thought of that. Strength. What what God is all about is having a relationship with you. And to strengthen a relationship takes time and investment. He wants to spend time with you. He wants you to be aware of his presence. It's very hard to spend time with Jesus if you're not aware of his presence. He wants you to, to do life with him. He doesn't want you to do life alone. He wants you to do life with him. And that's what I'm going to talk about in the next section as we go into this. I, I called it a get your act. Oh, what's that? Oh, I already did that. What's, that's what I wanted right there. Let's say that together. Thank you. You're helping me. And if you're taking notes, just add this part in. Get your act together. Just add some words in With the Lord. Because this is the thing. It's to get... These people had a lot of actions. They were acting. But they weren't acting without the Lord. I, I find that your actions... They had a lot of actions. Some churches have a lot of actions. It doesn't mean they're alive. If they're doing stuff without the Lord. You can go to a very busy organization, but it's not a church. It may even have a cross on it. It's not a church. It's a club. It's no different than the Rotary Club, because Jesus never shows up. Well, maybe Jesus shows up at the Rotary Club. I don't know. But Jesus never shows up. The kingdom of God never shows up. They do lots of things for social service, and I'm for social justice, when it's done in the power of Jesus Christ, But you can get involved in all of these issues. I've been to churches when I was an evangelist. And some churches had had so many committees, they had no time for ministry. They were always talking in some room, making some plan for ministry, but they never got out and did ministry. And these people were very active, this church at Sardis. I find that your actions, you got actions, but they do not meet the requirements of God. Uh, Let me ask, where do we find the requirements of God In, in God's Word, in the Bible? Which is why it's so important that we strengthen this aspect of our life always, continually. Reading God's Word. At least 15, 20 minutes a day. Reading God's Word. I love worship. I love to worship. I love to be with our, I love our worship team. I love that they love Jesus. It's not a show for them, praise God. But if all your spiritual experience is, worship. Worship music, worship your Christian radio station, that's your main thing. And you're not spending time in God's word. You will not know what the requirements are, so you will not be acting together with the Lord. just want you to know that. Jesus says, I want you to follow me. And the only way we know to follow the living word, who is Jesus Christ, is by reading the written word. It's why we take time not only to worship when we're together, but to open God's word. And the worship is to prepare our hearts for the word. Because the word does what? It changes us. It transforms us if we're in a living environment and if we ourselves are alive. Because he transforms us. This church had stopped being transformed. They kept showing up every week. They'd do some religious things. They had a form of godliness, but they had no power. Jesus tells us very clearly in a chapter you may want to read later today, uh, in John 15, he said, it's like, he takes us into the garden. He says, it's like this, my Father, or the Lord, the God of God, that loves you is the vine, and the vine is the source for everything you need. What you need to do as a branch is to abide in the vine. Don't get out there trying to do things in your own strength. That'll lead you discouraged and depressed and fruitless. And this church in Sardis had become fruitless because they had disconnected from the vine, and that's what caused them to, de- to die. When you try to do things without God, and it becomes very frustrating, you are separated. Jesus says, keep abiding in me, which means you have to have such an appreciation for the presence of the Lord, that you experience the presence of the Lord, not just on the weekend, and not just we're in church. Jesus, Jesus didn't save you so you would have some religious experience on the weekend in church. He saved you so that you would be part of his life-flowing energy and power on the earth 168 hours of the week. Can I get an affirmation? Can you help me out a little bit? My voice is weak. Come on, help me out. Let me give you a little break. Thank you. If all you have is this, you may be dead. Where's Jesus on Monday and Tuesday? Where's he on Wednesday and Thursday? Do life together with the Lord. Get your act together with the Lord. And then he calls them to do something that he called the first church to do, just with a little different wording and emphasis. And I'm going to call under this number four, Returning to your first faith. That first, remember the church of Ephesus, the first church we studied? They had lost their first love, and he calls them to return to their first love. And this church, he says, go back to what you heard and believed at the first. What, what was the first message that brought you in touch And brought you into the kingdom of God. It was the gospel. And the gospel is that on a cross, the Son of God laid down his life so that we could have life. And he's calling them to remember the first, first entrance into the kingdom of God. Remember the cross. Come back to that first moment. I want to bring you back to what you heard and believed at the first, that God so loved you that he gave his only son, only begotten son, that if you will believe, and thank God you chose to believe, and if you didn't yet, I pray you will before this service ends. Should have got amen on that. That if you will believe that when Jesus hung on the cross, he did what he promised he would do, and that is take all of your sin, all of your shame, and redeem you and make you into a child of God, that he did that on the cross, that you today just have to say, I believe that and I receive that, and you're in the family of God. You can't, go ahead, you can't earn it, you can't deserve it, but you receive it. That brings you back. It's why each week we we serve communion. Not, please, beloved, not out of religious tradition. But it's to emphasize the central message of the church is the fact that Jesus died on the cross, taking every every sin you've ever done, every sin that you're going to do already because he covered all the sins for all people for all time, so he's he's even he's even got your future sins covered you return to that truth and you just you fall in love with Jesus in a new way it causes you to hold firmly to that truth that the cross is at the center of our faith. It causes us to repent, and we've heard that message in all the churches repent, to turn away. I would repent of being dead. Right? That's what they were. They were, you know, I repent that I'm dead. And I want you to turn to me. I want you to come into my embrace. I want you to abide in me. I want you to know my presence. Because if you don't do that, I'm going to come unexpectedly as a thief. And that's not in a good way. So he calls us to come back to that first love. In a moment, we're going to receive communion together. And as we take the bread and take from the cup of the Lord, I pray. I pray that there will be a, a, a real evaluation of our vital signs spiritually. What's the last thing Jesus asked you to change and are you doing? What, what's God trying to do in your heart? Are you letting him do it? Are you resisting? Are you, going, are you living in a dream world inside yourself or have you woken up to the greater reality? So we pray this will be true. Let's stand together for prayer. Our prayer team is coming to stand right here at the altar. And we welcome the presence, the power of the Holy Spirit, who has been with us all, all day, in all our services. And we ask that you would just do a checkup. We don't, God, I, we don't want to be a dead church. We want to adore Your presence. We want to acknowledge Your presence. We want to be changed by your presence. We just don't want to sing songs to you, Lord. We want your spirit to invade our hearts and to transform us into the people we could be, the people we should be, more humble, more gracious, more loving, more grace-giving. So we welcome the spirit of God. And before we receive communion today, if there's anyone that's far away from God, we're going to pray a prayer, and I pray that you'll pray from your heart. And, and there's no person, there's no person so dead that God can't resurrect you. So here's our prayer of faith, and this brings us in. This is the prayer based on the truth of the cross. I'm going to ask everyone to pray because God loves to hear our voice, and He loves us to affirm this truth that we are, we are redeemed and saved by the power of Jesus Christ. So we say together this prayer, uh, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name because I really need you. I don't want to be dead. I don't want to disappoint you. So I open my heart To Jesus Christ, I open my life to Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. I repent of my sins. I turn away from them, and I turn towards you, Lord, to receive your love, your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness, Change me. Make me more like Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says amen. That's a good prayer, guys. God bless. So the Spirit of God is here. He can change and transform us. I pray that we would be. Our prayer team is here. If you're saying yes to God, making a commitment to Christ, it's essential that you let us know so we can be in agreement with you and pray together with you. Come to one of our prayer partners here. You can text in and just say, hey, I made a commitment to Christ. We just want to know about that. It's better to talk to somebody, but some people are so shy, we got to help them. So we have this text in. 941- Two six zero thirteen twenty one. I'd like you to receive communion today, and as you take the communion into your life, you're affirming that you're abiding in His life. It's an exchange. He gave His life so you can have His life, so that you're not dead, not just singing songs about Jesus. You're living like Jesus, and you're living for Jesus. I'm going to pray a prayer. Bless you guys. If you've been a guest here today, thank you so much for coming. And we'd love you to come. We believe God has a great future for your life. If you've never stopped by our VIP room, please do that. It's on the left-hand side at the back. We'd like to meet you and greet you. and We'd like to um, give you a a gift and answer any questions you may have. So I pray this blessing. After this blessing, please just come for prayer, for communion. Take the name of Jesus with you this week. Let's bring his life into the community we live in. So I just pray, Father, that you would pour your spirit upon your people. I thank you for our prayer team. I pray as they pray, they will have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. If people need healing, God, they'll be healed today. If people need encouragement today, they'll be encouraged. If people are making the greatest decision to follow you, Lord, that the Spirit of God will do a miracle here at the altar as we commit our life to you. Thank you for the communion. Thank you for the bread of the Lord, the cup of the Lord. We pray, Lord, that as we receive it, we will just acknowledge we're abiding in you. Your presence is present with us. Keep us alive to that truth, God bless you in the strong and mighty and majestic name of Jesus. And in Jesus' name, you are very blessed. And everybody says, amen. God bless you. Come forward for prayer. Come forward for communion. God bless you guys.